God's promise to Abraham come true? And what does that mean to us? Where does Jesus fit into this promise? Well, my guest today is Kendra Legrand. She's the senior manager of the ministry study team at Proverbs 31 Ministries. Hey, Kendra, welcome to the call. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy. It is an absolute privilege to be here. God appeared to Abraham when he was 99 years old and said, walk before me and be blameless. Then God gave him a promise. What what was it and what does that mean for us today? That is a great question. Well, first I want to call um call out the fact that Abraham was 99 because I think it can be so easy for us. Um, no matter what age we are, we can be maybe super young and think, oh, God's not gonna use me because I am very young and there's still a lot to learn. Or maybe we can be much older and think, oh man, I missed my chance to be used by God. And I think it's really neat that the Lord showed up to Abraham when he did, because I think it completely debunked everything that our human minds can think, which is I'm too young. I'm too old to be used by God. So um, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Nancy, is Genesis chapter 15. And in the ESV, which is the Bible um, translation that I use, the heading is God's covenant with Abram. And this is where he gives a promise to Abraham and the promise is this, it says verse, uh, chapter 15, verse five, and God brought him Abram outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and counted to him as righteous righteousness. And that the promise that he gave to Abram was he would make his descendants and his family as numerous as the stars. And what's beautiful about that promise is at this time, Abram and his wife, Sarai, yes, uh, they had not had children yet and she was barren. And so when the Lord gave this promise, I'm sure Abram obviously believed the Lord, but was very confused on how it was going to be. And so um, that's the promise that the Lord gave to Abram. And one of my favorite things about this story is what Abram says in response to the Lord, which is in verse eight. And he goes, how am I to know that I shall possess it? <laughs> and I think that also speaks to our human nature because I, when we get a promise from the Lord or when we're doing something for the Lord, it can be so easy to doubt what the Lord has said. Yes. And we want to ask for clarification. And I'm a big clarification kind of gal um, for me doubt is somewhere where I sit very often because my mind can go to so many different directions. Um, I can doubt I heard God correctly. I can doubt that I heard him at all. I can let my human, uh, my human thoughts kind of go in different directions of maybe, maybe I know better, very similar to Eve in the garden of Eden when the serpent talked to her and she thought, well, maybe, maybe God did say that what the serpent is saying. So, um, doubt is a huge part of my story and how I stumbled upon this specific promise to Abraham and how it has really ministered to me was, um, back in 2019, I was struggling with going either left or right and making a decision that I felt like the Lord was, was calling me to make. And both decisions would have been good and they weren't bad at all, but I was like really the turmoil in my mind of making a decision because I wanted to make the right one was felt so overwhelming and consuming that I was just completely paralyzed from choosing. And so the Lord brought me to chapter 15 and something that he revealed to me. And 
and the first five app, which is through Proverbs 31 Ministries that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, helped bring clarity to this passage of scripture. But um, in this passage of scripture, the Lord and Abraham are talking and the Lord asks Abram to go and get animals to sacrifice. And so Abraham goes and gets those animals and sets them all up and waits for the Lord to seal the promise and seal the covenant. Or so us to think that when God promises us something, he's going to come through right away. So he might ask us to do something, we do it, and then we expect to reap the benefits of whatever the Lord may be promising us or telling us. But really in the story, we see that Abraham has to wait for the Lord to come and seal the covenant. And when all the animal carcasses, not a beautiful picture, but (laughs) when all the animals are laying there all out ready for the Lord, um, we see in, in verse 11 when it says, and when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to find is like those birds represent, or I feel like in the story, like those birds were trying to distract Abram and also trying to take over um, the carcasses and kind of demolish them and eat them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that can be us with our doubt. And we are called yeah. to keep our doubt at bay and really cling to the promise that the Lord has given us or what the Lord has told us. Mm-hmm. And so I just love how that um, speaks to doubt. And I'm sure Abram was doubting if the Lord was ever going to come and seal his promise. And he had to do more work in keeping the doubt at bay while he waited for the Lord to um, come, come through. So that's just something else that I feel like, oh gosh, when I was struggling with doubt, I mean, doubt's all over the Bible and doubt is something that we see here as well. Well, you know, the promises of God included Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so many people were waiting for the Messiah to come, that promise of him, right? Yeah. And every generation was waiting through the Jewish uh, seed, was waiting for that Messiah to come. And when he finally came, right? Yeah. What happens? The Jewish people don't believe that he's the Messiah. So in the promise of a- mm-hmm. to Abraham, um, how does he promise Jesus and future promise of eternal life? Verse 17, if you're following along. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. Now, mind you, at this time, Abram is sleeping. So he didn't even get to hold up his end of the bargain. But that's such a God thing to do to just hold up both ends of the bargain. We don't have to do anything in our human frailty. And then it goes on to say, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river. Um, and then he goes on to list all the different ites um, that will benefit from it. And I think we just see through the Lord passing through those different carcasses and passing through and making that covenant that we see that he seals that through Abram's generations, the Messiah would come. But you hit on a really specific point of every generation was waiting on the Messiah. And I think back to this like moment where Abram's waiting for the Lord or for God to come and make this covenant. And maybe that was, I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was a few minutes, an hour, you know, maybe a few more hours, but generations that's like 80 to a hundred years of like generations of multiple generations waiting for the Messiah. And I just think the doubt that had to go through their minds on, on multiple cases had to be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet the Lord was so good to send 
prophets and to remind them to keep passing down these stories. And I'm sure Abram's story and covenant was one of the core stories that those generations got to hold on to and cling to, knowing that eventually through Abram's descendants, the Lord would make his appearance in the second coming. Yeah. So what blessings can we expect each day through that promise? You know, I think one um, blessing that we see through this is that one that the Lord holds up his end of the deal. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder because I think when we're in these waiting seasons or we're in these, what can feel like really, just really lonesome places, knowing that the Lord, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, that he's going to hold up his end of the deal. And we see that here in scripture. And then um, I think another blessing that we see just through this, just through the small chapter in Genesis is just the sweet gentleness of who God is. Because if we look in the earlier verses of, of chapter 15, it's so sweet how it says, and God brought Abram outside. And it's just such an intimate, um, it's an intimate way that the Lord didn't just tell Abram about what was going to happen, but he guided him outside. And it was just such a sweet moment where the Lord was really with Abram right beside him, showing him like all the stars in the sky. And so I think that just paints a picture of a very close and compassionate God that we serve. And that's just a blessing that we get to continue to um, reap as, uh, as believers. Yes. Um, You know what I love about Abraham is that he, he was so faithful. Mm-hmm. So how did you see Abraham's faithfulness throughout his whole life, mm. all the way up to the point where, you know, talking about now I'm, I'm fast forwarding to him putting Isaac, oh, gosh. you know, yeah. up, up on the altar and, and then thinking, this is my, this is the sacrifice and I have to be faithful to it. And I can't doubt that God is what he said to me about the stars in the sky right. isn't going to come true. Right. I think we see in like chapter 21, verse one, it says the Lord visited Sarah. So you see, there's a name change for those that might not know, but there's a name change when the Lord made this promise. Um, he changed their names, Abraham and Sarah. And I think that's also a kindness and blessing of the Lord of like, you're not who you once were. And so he gave them a new name. So you'll see a name change, but it says the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And that goes into the birth of Isaac, which you kind of alluded to that we see later on in Genesis. But I mean, just that verse of, it says twice that he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And I think those are just little, like I had little seeds of doubt planted throughout my life, but we also see the Lord plants seeds of, um, of goodness and of remembrance through our lives of just how he has come through before. And we can hold on to those knowing that he's going to come through again. So I would like to think Abraham really held on to, um, those times when the Lord came through and, Um, and then we see the sacrifice of Isaac in chapter 22 in verse 14, it says, so Abraham called the name of that place where he was going to sacrifice his son as a, as an act of obedience. But then the Lord intervened and, and brought, um, an animal to sacrifice. But Abraham, it says, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And I think that those four words, the Lord will provide is a beautiful, I think, banner over Abraham's life but also a banner in which we can stand under as well, knowing that he will provide. Yes. Yes. So, 
Yeah, Kendra, is there any Bible verses that you could share with the audience on um, doubt, faithfulness that would encourage them? Yes. So um, one of my all-time favorite stories of the Bible is um, in the in the Old Testament, and it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's the whole idea of these three guys. Uh, this is a, this is very spark notes version. Um, but these three guys did not bow down to the um, did not bow down to the king Nebuchadnezzar or the God that Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to bow down to. Instead, they held true to who God was and worshiped the one true God. And because they disobeyed King Nebuchadnezzar, they were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And I just like to think because I love. Um, I love remembering that all these people we read about in the Bible were humans. <laughs> and so they all had the very similar emotions and thoughts that we have to this day. And so I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing in front of this fiery furnace that they knew they were going to get thrown into. And there's a verse in that whole story that summed up is, even if not, we will still praise the Lord and the Lord is still good. So even if we still get thrown into the furnace, or even if we die, we know the Lord is still good. And I think that verse, um, and I'll get the specific one for you. I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but that verse, I think helps me when I doubt the Lord, because even if my life does not look like what I thought, even if, uh, uh, when I was single and I said, even if I don't get married and now that I'm married, um, even if I don't have, have children, God is still good. And I don't, I might doubt my circumstance, but I don't doubt what God is able to do. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the hardest fiery furnace for you was. That is a good question. So if you would have asked me this question, I would say like three months ago, I would have said my, my walk with singleness. So I was single. I didn't get engaged until I was 27, but I had always thought that I would get engaged right out of college because that's what my parents did. And I just thought that was the natural next step in, um, in growing up, which isn't necessarily true. That's just the story I wrote in my mind. And so my fiery furnace was kind of grappling with the whole idea of, oh, my life might look much different than I thought. And I might have to lay down and surrender my plans for what God has in store for me. Um, but now that you're asking that question, I actually, my husband and I just walked through um, a miscarriage just a few weeks ago, and it has brought up a lot of emotion and a lot of doubt and a lot of what if we can't have children, uh, a lot of questions in our minds and that we're wrestling with because we also never thought miscarriage um, would be part of our story either. And so I think it's just standing and the fiery furnace is really the thing that, um, that you might walk through and that you might go through knowing the Lord is going to be there because Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were saved because there was a fourth person in the fire. And that was the angel of the Lord. But, um, it's just knowing that whatever you might be thrown into or walk into the Lord is still good. So I would say right now, our fiery furnace is the whole idea of maybe we're going to walk through some more infertility. And what does that look like knowing of the plans that we made for our family? So, I would say that is my most current answer to what our fiery furnace is at this moment. Okay. And so you were talking a little bit about the app for Proverbs 31 Ministries for Bible study. Want to talk about that a little bit? I would love to. So I have the opportunity to co-lead 
two teams at Proverbs 31 Ministries. Uh, one team is online Bible studies, and one team is our first five app. And both teams and both departments lead women in Bible study. They just take two different approaches for how they do that. So online Bible study studies a lot of topical um, books. So whether that be um, topics on friendship or marriage or disappointment, and they're all biblically biblical based books. And we um, walk through it chapter by chapter together and pull out the biblical truth and, and join in community and do all these sorts of fun things over there. And then the first five app is something you can download on your phone. And the whole idea is to wake up and spend your first five minutes reading scripture before checking social media or before checking your email, knowing how your day can be completely uh knowing that you're going to enter into some, probably some pretty hard things that day or some, some things that might make you angry or sad. And so just grounding yourself in that truth when you wake up, um, the first five app helps us do that by going through chapter by chapter of different books of the Bible. That's a great idea. That is yeah. a great idea. It gets you um, in a routine every day so that you're doing it right when you wake up, like you said. So that's wonderful. Now, Kendra, would you like to leave anything with my audience today? Oh, you know what? I would absolutely love to. First, it's been an honor just to talk to you. And I think it's always nice to go back to scripture and you're just reminded of how God is so good. Um, and then I would say just for those times when maybe you pray and you, and you feel the Lord is telling you something, I would say, write it down. Um, because if it doesn't come to fruition or as the day goes on, more distractions are going to come your way. It's always going to be nice to go back to those marked moments of when the Lord has come through or when the Lord has spoken to you. Um, and those are going to be the little stepping stones that kind of get you to the next time that the Lord um, comes through for you. And um, I just want to remind us that God will keep good on his word and will hold up his end of the deal. And um, even if the circumstances don't look like that, he is a good God that has good things, um, has, has good things coming. So I think that's just encouragement that I needed to hear today and hopefully that encourages somebody else. Thank you for watching the call. We hope that this video has encouraged you today. You know, you can have a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is invite him into your life, repent of sins, ask for forgiveness and make Jesus your Lord and savior. And if this video has encouraged you in any way, please write your comments below. Until the next time, may the Lord be with you. Thank you for watching the call where we are leading you to Christ through stories and teaching.